0: Curiosity on Dublin City FM.
1: We're here, we're queer. Get into it. I'm James O'Hagan, and this is Curiosity, proudly presented by LGBT Ireland's the National LGBT Support Service. Whatever's on your mind, LGBT Ireland's helpline volunteers are here to listen seven days a week on 1800 929 539. Coming up on the show today, Padraig and I will do our best to get you up to date on the biggest LGBTQI plus stories of the week in our Rainbow Roundup. Then, hallelujah, the people of Cork can rejoice with the news that a brand new permanent LGBTQI Y Plus venue has opened in the city and owner of Vibe Cork Jen Bowler joins us to chat about her plans for the new bar. Ferg Curtis and Karen Dempsey the host of Reimagining Ceremonies a podcast by Entheos which discusses changing how we see ceremony in the world and also how we change to see ourselves in the world. Join us to chat about their brand new series and in this week's Reeling in the Queers we are taking it back to the year that Britney and Kevin Chaotic aired on UPN from May 17th to reviews include it's an insult to common sense and decency but before we get to any of that he's the benefit to my Brangelina Podrick Wilson McCarthy oh, how are you holding up?
2: I'm doing well oh I love that one they just get better and better I know they you do know? Yeah. you're being forced to be creative and I love
1: it I'm back in the corner and no, no one puts James back in the corner no never babe I've learned that now by now how are you getting on? Oh, you know Jesus. I'm honestly it's all house hunting it's all house hunting okay
2: that must be raining. It
1: is, yeah. it is. Look, anyone else out there listening right now who's on a similar kind of, you know, you've done your mortgage bits and you're out there kind of, you know, going knocking door to door to look for a new house to live in. Let me just tell you, I understand the pain and it is not easy. No. And we all deserve a break and we all deserve a pint to be under €7. Euro.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do you know what? It's funny that you <laughs> mentioned this because I met some friends at the weekend and what I've noticed is a lot of them have started bringing cash to things with them, right? <laughs> and then being like, will you pay for this and I'll give you cash? And I'm like, okay, what's this? what's going on here and it's because they're so afraid because they're obviously going to get a mortgage, mortgage oh, approval know. and that everything's being scrutinised their spending's being scrutinised that like the other day my friend came out with with like two fivers and two tens and was like can you pay for my brunch and I'll give you cash I was like I haven't paid or I haven't used cash in years everything is tapping <laughs> I have
1: to say I completely completely get this because I, I was when we were going for our mortgage approval which you know for anyone listening again it does happen Praise pays to to lord you do eventually get the approval but I was literally sitting there as we were like sending all our bank statements and thinking like oh my god we're going to have some person like the chair Man, the CEO of Bank of Ireland is going to ring me up and be like, Did you really need four coffees on the seventeenth of March two thousand and twenty two? <laughs>
2: I'm kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I could never give up the coffees. No, I know. <laughs> and that's what they're telling us to do, uh, basically. No, and th-
1: this is the, the, the avocado lunch uh, lie. It's like, yeah. no, avocado and toast is not the reason yeah. I got to four days.
2: <laughs> yeah, the people are back on the instant <laughs> coffee and I don't know what they're doing.
1: Anyway, let's get into the news. Let's Plenty get to talk about. loads
2: to talk about this week. I don't know if you've heard this story. You probably have. It's kind of been everywhere online. Uh, last week a priest in Cork was removed as um, chaplain of a primary school after he invited an LGBT speaker to speak an anti-LGBT speaker I should say um, I, know, I wish it was an LGBT speaker <laughs> an anti-LGBT speaker to speak at a ceremony where they went on a rant about homosexuality and divorce a father Michael O'Leary who's a parish priest invited the person to speak during a mass that was organised for family and children in this specific school right um, he'd asked this speaker to come on to speak about intergenerational faith right Yeah, obviously didn't do any vetting uh, this person gets up and they start going off on one right and actually Cork is a small place I do know somebody who was at the mass and said it was absolutely horrendous right they used terms like gender bender they were referring to Bambi Thug who is representing us in Eurovision this year now I'm kind of like if the priest knows about Bambi Thug there we go but anyway yeah. um, <laughs> but I did
1: find it like it was obviously like because I, I watched a clip of it that that's, that's going around on on, on on X or Twitter or whatever you yeah. on we it and Like this person seems to have been just so triggered by the late late show Eurovision special, and I'm like, honestly, dear, if you were getting that triggered by like a talent competition to pick a person to perform at the Eurovision, totally. Like, what is going wrong in your life?
2: There's a clip where he's pleading for Linda Martin to come back.
1: I know, and Linda Martin is like, dear, (laughs) I I I make my career off the (laughs) gays. Leave get my name out your mouth. Absolute (laughs) obvious. Like,
2: it's the most like drastic difference ever it's like God and the devil <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like no
1: but no but I think that like you know it, it is I mean it's probably important to point at how absurd all this stuff is and I think it's really important with stuff that just happened to like have a laugh at it but also it's like you know there, there are families who feel obligated to be part of the, the the sort of religious stuff that's going on in churches because of how much parent control they yeah. have within, within particularly primary education and people
2: have the right to their religion by all absolutely. means don't get me wrong but it shouldn't be influencing or impacting on other people's lives no, at all no
1: absolutely and I think it's, it's absolutely fair like it's, it's a good sign that they are moving this person who selected the, the, the individual yeah, away I think away so. from I think whoever takes so. the so. And speakers. I suppose what's
2: really important to mention here is that there was a number of parents and a number of family members got up and actually were vocal and spoke yeah. out during the Mass, first of all, and left uh, and left the church at that time. And also the school has taken huge steps in clarifying, I suppose, what their position and what their stance is. Um, they have issued multiple apologies. They have made it clear to the families of the children in the school that, you know, that this person won't be allowed uh, into the school or to, to be part of the school community any longer, which I think is about time. As someone who works in education across the board, oh, 100%. It's definitely yeah, it about needs to feel him. safe for
1: everybody, and that includes queer people and their families. Without and a doubt. Children from Without a anyway. doubt.
2: But also, the
1: video's gas. It is a bit campy. Camp. <laughs> uh,
2: now, I hate to bring bad news, more bad news, right? But uh, we've lost who I thought was a bit of a gay icon, Holly Valance. Holly Valance, former Neighbor Star and one time pop princess, has basically forgotten whoever gave her that title.
1: I I heard about this. I could yeah. I literally could not believe it that this is the 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 person whose entire well actually do you know what her her reputation was built off kiss kiss but her fortune was built off her conservative billionaire husband. Well, this is it,
2: and let me just put it into context for anyone who mightn't be familiar. Right, so Holly Valance. Um, pop princess of the time. She attended a launch event for a new right-wing organisation called Popular Conservatism in the UK, where she applauded speakers such as Liz Truss. Why are they giving her airtime? I know. Time? Anyway, I know. They, she applauded speakers such as Liz Truss, who delivered a speech in which she said conservatives have not taken on left-wing extremists, which she says includes environmentalists, those who support LGBT people, and also a group of ethnic minorities. So Liz Truss goes off on one as she usually does, even though she shouldn't be allowed because she
1: was what prime
2: minister yeah. for look girl, two days. You're,
1: you're not. You don't deserve Come the All Stars. blow up. Stage, you do not deserve
2: right? the All Stars. blow up. But anyway, there's Valance. Holly Valance is there, as you said. She's married to billionaire property tycoon. His name is Nick Candy. He's been a long time associated with the Conservatives. He was even one of the people that was pictured at that infamous lockdown party in mm-hmm. 2020 that kind of got Boris Johnson into hot water, right? Holly was there. She wasn't just looking pretty, though. She was making sure that she was heard. I have a clip of something that she had to say during um, this event.
3: I say that everyone starts off as a lefty and then wakes up at some point after you start either making money, working, trying to run a business, trying to buy a home, and then realizes what crap ideas they all are. And then you go to the right.
2: James, I'm telling you now. We'll never play around this this radio no, program. Absolutely. That's kiss, it. Kiss out is out the door. This is off absolutely. the lift list. Yeah, <laughs> gone, gone. <laughs>
1: but no I I do think like it's it's um, <laughs> but I do think that you know like that that's sort of what she was spouting there about this notion that people like move to the left has been proven and dis- has been disproven particularly when it comes to Millennials people of our generation we are staying staunch within our our, our left- wing and that, our left-wing leanings and that is because our generation hasn't been given the same opportunities over the course of our lifetime that many of the former generations have I also think that this popular conservatism I listened to an excellent few episodes of the news agents podcast if anyone else wants to go and check tonight, about how mm-hmm. the conservatives in the UK are trying trying to mirror what's happening in America in terms of this kind of like, you know, culture war. Yeah. Yeah. And it just is coming out in all of these incredibly callous sort of um, ways of treating and talking about people from minority communities particularly the trans community and I think there was a there was a representation there was a moment of that earlier this week in the House of of Commons where um, Conservative Prime Minister Rishi Sunak first off welcomed the mother of murdered teenager Brianna Gay into the uh, into the, the House chamber sort of you know spoke to the sort of the trauma that she had endured and then literally moments later went on to make a transphobic joke at the expense of Keir Starmer the, the leader of the opposition Was saying it even that, a joke though? It, it wasn't It was like, this I, cause, line Because I
2: read what it was and I was like it doesn't even sound like it could have been funny even if no. you fully believed it if, if
1: you were the sort of person who finds like vocal transphobia in front of the parent of a murdered teenager funny then it was a joke yeah, for you But totally. I don't think it was a joke totally. for many and, people and, and
2: just in case anyone's wondering like we we actually covered the story about Brianna Gay's trial just a couple of weeks ago yeah. This came four days after two teenagers were sentenced to life imprisonment are close to that. Yes. Definitely over 20 years anyway for the murder of this young girl.
1: Completely. And I think that it's, you know, in the messages that were exchanged between those two people who who had murdered Brianna, there was a huge amount of transphobia and a huge amount of aggression around the trans community and her trans identity. And I think that... It just speaks to the fact that, like people in positions of power, like a prime minister, speaking so in such dehumanizing language about the trans community enables other people to react exactly the same absolutely. way. Absolutely, absolutely shocking. Anyway, let's close it off with something positive. Close it of off. Great.
2: Just say one thing. It's time to boycott Holly Valance. <laughs> <Anyhow>. <laughs> From there, uh, we're taking it to the Grammys. Grammys were on last weekend, of course. Did you dabble in the Grammys? Did you watch? I it? did
1: indeed. I main I mainly was involved in the um, the 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 Taylor Swift uh, Celine Dion S- beef
2: saga. <laughs> (laughs) saga, absolutely. We'll get into that now in a second. I just watched the clips. I don't sit down and watch the whole thing but I think you get it. All you have to do is go go on for a scroll on TikTok and you get get the general gist of it. You mentioned Miss Swift there. She was the big winner on the night. She won album of the year and she took her um, acceptance speech as an opportunity to announce another album which I'm kind of like how many like she is a songwriting machine so she's announced that she's got a new album it's called The Tortured Poets Department which sounds like a hoot (laughs) and it's out on the 19th of April of course she's going to be playing in June here so people are saying now that maybe her set list will change completely for the year or tour. we don't know but there was that moment where she went to accept an award off Celine Dion and people are wondering what was going on because she went up and just basically ignored Celine Dion who hasn't been seen in public life for a long time because mm-hmm. she's been quite unwell she comes out looking amazing I was even shocked that she was even walking because yeah. it's been painted that she's you know that kind of level of unwell um, and it didn't go down very well people kind of calling her a bit disrespectful well this is
1: it she brushed her aside and just started giving her speech she, she she engaged with her her collaborators and the people around her who'd helped with the, with the music and didn't yeah. even think to, to, to speak to Celine and now she had been seen sl- singing like really passionately the Celine song as Celine walked out so it's kind of like well you know who she is and you're clearly pretty impressed by her but like absolutely I, I, I on the one hand I also kind of know like if I was winning like like, like, one, like, this is the fourth time that she's um, the fourth time she's won the, the album of the year which yeah. is an enormous honour so I can understand if she was a little bit like not fully in the moment No totally and But look, when Celine look, Dion is standing beside you You bowed down Yeah, You
2: bowed down Now there was a moment that they showed later where when Celine was coming out before Taylor Swift won the award that she was like you know re- delighted to see her you could see her in the audience and then there was this very posed picture afterwards that I think it, you know people were like Might we, better, like we PR, better get a PR. pick So yeah. we'll never really know know the true um the true story behind that but in other news from the night Miley Cyrus has joined the club she won her first grammy for her song Flowers which she also performed on the night and here's a clip from her performance
0: I didn't want to leave you but had to I didn't want to fight but we did started to
3: cry
2: You better ad lib, Miley. Oh, you better ad lib. Here, listen. <laughs> totally it's giving
1: improv. It's giving she improv. She
2: looked incredible. She did. Absolutely. She looked so it good. It took me a
1: day or two to warm up to the quiff, but once I had, I was like, yeah. absolutely. No, say. I get you. we was yeah. serving
2: Jane Fonda, but I think she looked amazing, <laughs> and I was delighted for her. Um, elsewhere in the night, Jay Z also won the Dr. Drake Global Impact Award. He used his speech as an opportunity to basically call out the Grammys for never awarding Beyonce, his wife, um, Album of the Year. Now, she has won. 32 Grammys double the amount of anybody else he still wants more for her what did you make of that?
1: Well listen I have to say that when you are with someone you believe in them absolutely unconditionally and I also think I'm using my (laughs) platform to call out that it is absolutely appalling that Diego has never won best album at the Grammys (laughs) it is appalling
2: Next year baby there's always next year Anyway that's all for this week's Rainbow Roundup coming up we're chatting to Jen Bowler owner of Cork's new LGBTQ venue, Vibe, but first 20 years since its release. It's Scissor Sisters and Filthy Gorgeous on Curiosity. Last September, Cork's only dedicated queer venue closed amid controversy after the owner decided to strip it of its identity in order to appeal to straight students during Freshers' Week. In response, the Cork queer community and its allies came out in force and took a stand at the owner's decision and the unfair treatment of its staff. The venue subsequently closed, not only leaving Cork without its only gay bar, but also a means of income for many members of the community. Well, last week, the queer club-sized hole left gaping and cork was finally filled when Vibe, a new gay bar, opened on Oliver Plunkett Street. And joining us now to talk us through their new venture and what we can expect from Vibe is the brains behind the operation, Jen Bowler. Jen, how are you? Hey, I'm good.
0: How are you
2: getting on? Very well, thanks. Welcome to Curiosity. Thanks for chatting to us.
0: Oh no problem, thanks for having me on, no I'm delighted to talk to you.
2: Before we get into Vibe, right, you've, you, you're you, heavily involved in the queer community in Cork. What was it like for the community when the, its only dedicated queer space was taken from them? And it wasn't just closed though, Jen, it was closed because the owners felt like they could pick and choose when it was going to be queer and when it wasn't. How was it on the ground?
0: Uh, that's, that's literally what it was like and it was horrible. Like, you know, there was only one gay bar in Cork anyway, um, and to have that taken away was awful. Like there was just nowhere like fun and safe for people to go and the community really, really felt it, you know. Um it, they really did. Like you know, even from the kind of support I've been getting the last week it's just everyone's so grateful to have their own space back. Nope.
1: Good, good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. So I suppose that brings us up to kind of your kind of decision to to step into the fray and take the the responsibility of housing all the 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 the, the queers in pork looking for a party. Uh, this is your first. This is the first time venture for you though. Um. And you've you've never opened a a bar before. What What made you feel like taking this on?
0: You know what, I've had it in the back of my mind for years, because um, I I played, like I'm in the entertainment industry anyway, I own a band and we play all the time and stuff in bars, so I was always kind of wanting my own bar, but then, you know, again, I could kind of feel like in the community, like we need somewhere to go, there's nowhere to go, like, you know, I just wanted to have our own safe space, and I actually went and met a couple of people, so I tried a couple of different venues and it didn't work out. Um, but then I met with uh, Monty from the Clancy's group on the Friday and by the Friday evening he was, gave me the green light he was like go on here's the venue do what you want to do like they're, they've been so amazing they've fully supported me fully backed me like they've been unbelievable to be fair good old Monty and, um, <laughs> like yeah you know like he set up chambers and stuff for a yeah. day so like he's yeah. You know, and yeah. So Monty like, was
2: originally yeah. involved in Chambers when it was set up first, yeah. but, but had, la- had exactly, later left, yeah. left that. So like Chambers wasn't was was completely separate. So I think when exactly. people heard that Monty was getting behind the new bar as well, they were delighted as well, which which is great.
0: Yeah. No. He's he's actually been unbelievable. He's literally given me the venue and said, "Look, Jen, it's yours. Do what you want." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." I want to put flags everywhere and Happy days. Uh, yeah, we're going to dance, dance for the rest of the year. But uh, Dan, yeah, so he's he's been unreal. So. That's
1: absolutely fantastic. I was like, that, I suppose it seemed to have like it has come together quite naturally, and like so the the band, if I'm correct, the band that you're part of is Sparkle, which I think you know is something of an institution uh, at many of the um, at many of the, the 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 queer events that happen around the, the country. So it would feel like quite a um, it would feel like quite a kind of a natural fit. Um, does that mean that you want to really put like entertainment and and, and promoting queer young artists kind of at the centre of what you're doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely, like, my main thing is entertainment, and I just want there to be great choice, great variety, you know, something for everyone, that's kind of the whole point of me taking this on, you know, I just want it to be so inclusive, and I want it to be fun, yeah. you know, um, and obviously just kind of try, try and change it up every week, like, I will have bands in, I will have drag and I will have, I'm Brilliant. starting bingo on Sundays and stuff like that, like, so it's just kind of trying to cater to everyone and yeah. make sure everyone's kind of... You know, getting their space.
2: That, that's a, just just to touch on that point, right? Because I know the last a lot of when the when when the last place closed, when chambers closed, a lot of people were saying, you know, it was time for something new because chambers was was typically dominated by gay men a lot of the time, and when it closed, I suppose that we saw that there was more of a need for a space that was more inclusive of everybody under the acronym LGBTQ. How difficult difficult for you is it to create a space that that I suppose is inclusive? Of everyone, but also meets the tastes of everyone as well, because there's going to be such a diverse amount of um taste or um, uh, interests within the community.
0: Yeah, I have to. It it is kind of tricky, all right? Just trying to make sure everyone's happy. But I suppose I'm running all the socials and stuff as well, so I'm putting up. Feedback boxes. I'm asking yeah. questions. Like, if anyone wants to get on to me, I'm more than happy to meet up with them or have a chat. Or, you know, and like, like say, for example, there, like, we were going to initially open as over 20s. Um, and that was a mistake on my behalf. Like, somebody got on to me straight away and was like, Look, you're excluding 18 to 20 year olds. In your own interview, you said when you were 18, you went to instincts and stuff like that. And I was like, You're completely right. So he's like, I'm so sorry. And I yeah. <laughs> put it up to like a couple of hours yeah. later. I was like, I'm so sorry. It's 18 plus. Like, I, I messed up. Like Yeah. Know? no, And you know um, what?
2: I actually saw. That and already because like your the Vibe Instagram page has been really active, it already feels like Vibe has actually fired the community rather than just mm-hmm. cashing in on the community now. And like, I did see that you went back on that, that, um, the, the age thing already. And like, I was like, you know what, fair play. And like, I suppose it's a learning curve as well. And um, you said that you, you've you been putting up question box and stuff like that. Vibe opened last weekend, I wasn't there yet, I can't wait to get my legs <laughs> in there, but uh, I did see loads of people on my Instagram stories and out, and it looked. Absolutely lit! How did the opening weekend go? And how how's the response been?
0: Oh my god! Yeah, like cause, you know, obviously it's a big, scary venture I've never done before. Um, so I was like, okay. Like Monty was like, how fast can you open? And I was like, next Saturday. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And then he, I was like, okay, great. So then I went through, and I was like, oh my god, I need to like turn around the bar there, and but um. You know what? There was so much, like the queue down the street on the Saturday night. I was literally nearly in tears. I couldn't get over the amount of people that showed up and that were so happy to be there. And the same thing again on the Sunday. Like the mind was blown. I was literally walking around in shock all weekend, looking yeah, at everyone was so happy. And you know, like yeah. just it just goes to show that it was. That was
2: it just yeah, goes to show that it's bad. There's a real, needed. there's a real, yeah.
1: there's a real want for it, um, and obviously, I mean, so such fantastic to see that, especially because it's such like early days. Because in the back of your mind, you must be thinking about like you know what comes next, and like you know growing this into something that is a real hope for the community. What can we expect to see as Vibe establish itself and becomes like more kind of like dominant or present within the, the core queer scene?
0: Yeah, I suppose, like, with myself, I want to make it so inclusive. I want to kind of stuff on as much as I can during the week. So i the never open Thursday to Sunday, but I'd love to extend that to eventually seven days a week, you know, and have it, like, where you come and get your food, where you come and have a quiz, where you can come and have a dance, you know, have loads of options, um, you know, we're bringing in at the weekend there now, we're starting like matches and stuff like that, so people can come in and watch a match have a drink or, have a drink or not drink at all whatever they want to do, um, and like we're going to have a games night, and we're going to have like I have loads and loads of ideas that I want to keep it, you know, kind of changing all the time but also, you know, like I'm trying to plan Pride already, I want Pride to be <laughs> so,
1: I was going to say, you must, it, like, like, you'll <laughs> have to own it, you have to own it, absolutely Oh, like,
0: I'm going to have to make my mark on Pride this year, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I I've been sending out emails to people already but um yeah, so like I want to make pride unbelievable, you know, and again, just never have that kinda of, you know, I want people to feel secure in the community as like you know this spot isn't going away it's our it's our home now like you know yeah. I kind of want to get that point and, and you kind
1: of you kind of mentioned this yourself and I'm sure that's something a lot of people listening would would kind of really relate to kind of this idea of the kind of the gay bars that you went to or the queer venues you went to when you were that kind of like 17 or like 17 we, we won't admit it but some of us may have ventured <laughs> on our 17 yeah. but like 18, 19 and how important it is yeah. to have those spaces particularly maybe at a time where you're not kind of becoming you know where you're not totally comfortable being out among your friends and family to have those spaces so creating that kind of community hub must be very important
0: to you. Yeah, it really, really is like and I'm from Kerry is well, I'm from Tralee so down there was way more backward than in Cork, like do you know, and I came up to do college in Cork just like just to music for a year, but you know, going to say places like Instinct now or The Brogue or you know, cool places like that, like I just saw, like there was no bad, they were being gay, like, do you know what I mean? Where yeah. where I was from like it wasn't even talked about, do you know what I mean? Like totally. Or, you know, yeah, so I, I, I
1: definitely think by creating that safe space just for people to come and find themselves, really, you yeah. know, um, and make some new friends and, totally. you know, That's maybe important. meet someone or whatever. You know? <laughs> and I have to say now, as, as a, a big dirty dub who literally only leads the pale <laughs> under <laughs> duress, um, if I'm to plan a big gay, gay weekend in Cork, where can I, um, how how can I find out more and how can I get make sure that I get myself into Vibe?
0: Um, so if you check out our website, all our um, events will be updated there. But we're also on all socials, so we're on F- Facebook and Instagram and all that. So you can just check out Vibe Park and you, you kind
2: of you find us there. Brilliant. All our we'll make sure there. to plug and and put it up on our, our Instagram as well, so people know where to find you. Jen. Okay. Listen. Thanks so oh, much. Thanks Best of so luck, much. luck with it. We can't wait. To go. I'll have to bring James down for. <laughs> a,
1: <laughs> this a, is Yeah. It. For, for tour me around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let me, and let me know if you're coming down, I start
1: you free drinks.
2: oh <laughs> listen listen you there's a promise yeah. you said that on late, on air <laughs> thanks
0: Jen of luck with this thanks <laughs> very much Jen. bye okay, bye, Jen.
4: Bye, bye. Thanks. bye 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 no problem
0: thanks a million bye bye Fur Curtis and Karen Dempsey host of
1: Reimagining Ceremonies, join us now to have a chat about their new series and all the goings on. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Mm, well thank you for us. Thank I'm you. so excited for this. No, absolutely. Of course, <laughs> so recently, <are> recently, <laughs> recently of Tommy Tiernan fame. And Ooh. you know, for Yeah, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm the other one now.
4: <laughs> You know, I was, I was thinking, I was like, am I the Joanne or the Vogue? Which one started <laughs> off less famous? I think it was Joanne, so it means I'm going to rise. <laughs> yeah. I think
3: Vogue was one of Tommy Tiernan's first guests,
2: wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get John yet, yeah, baby. Don't worry
1: about yeah. yeah. <laughs> it. Well, first off, it would be interesting, kind of, for you to. We're going to talk about your podcast series, which is mm-hmm. all about kind of looking at like, reimagining ceremonies, yeah. does what it says on the tin. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to hear a bit about each of your backgrounds to kind of, and how, what's brought you to the place where this is what you're doing. Mm. Karen we'll start with you
3: Oh my lord I'll try and not take all day long Um, What brought me to this is My background was originally in nursing And in psychotherapy So I began with you know Looking after the body Then looking after the mind And then as I progressed I moved into celebrancy ministry For something more There was something more Which led to me setting up the organisation And I could talk to you all day about this But setting up Entheos Has been such a phenomenal Learning curve And (laughs) amazingness to watch it unfold (laughs) Such an endorsement of everything And it was through setting up Entheos and beginning to train celebrants that I met Ferg. And the podcast magically came out of a conversation with Ferg one day where he came to me with the idea. And I mean, I'll I'll let you finish off that sentence there, Ferg. But yeah, that's really where Reimagining Ceremony sprang from, a way of telling people what we do.
1: Yes,
4: Yeah. yeah. I came to it because I was tricked into joining <laughs> the training course. I know, uh, the feeling, babe, happens on yeah. the time. I know, it's a tough life, isn't it, when people just want you yeah, in yeah, their yeah. organisation. Yeah. No, I I come from a performing background um, and a podcasting background mm-hmm. and I ended up having a chat with Karen through a friend and Karen was like, be a celebrant, come just do the course and see how you get on and then I, I fell in love with the work and I'm absolutely obsessed with it now. But yeah, I approach Karen because it was a small organization when I Mm -hmm. started and I think that the work is incredibly important like it goes much deeper than just the ceremonies that you might see on our Instagram um so I was like we need to get this visible in the world and I was like Mm -hmm. I have a podcasting background I just set up my own production company I was like let's let's do this. And then I was like, but I have to be on mic as well.
3: Yeah. yeah. so glad you are I on mic as well. I'm too. <laughs> too.
2: Karen, you mentioned entheos there, but if people are listening and they don't know what
3: entheos is, could you give us a bit, a bit of an idea of what it is or what's
2: behind it? Yes.
3: So the first thing I have to do with entheos is spell it. It's E-N-T-H-E-O-S. Kay. Dot I use the way, <laughs> um, <but laughs> I love it's it. It's not what an intuitive plug. word. I think that's one of the things. Yeah. But it is the root of the word enthusiasm. It's the mm-hmm. Greek root of the word enthusiasm, which means inspired by the divine within. And to me, enthusiasm if we could all just follow what makes us feel enthusiastic, the world would be a better place right away. Mm -hmm. So I figure that's kind of the the baseline is what makes you feel enthusiastic? How can we help you bring that to the world? And yeah, see how that unfolds. So that was the... That's kind of the background to Entheos, but the organisation is a not-for-profit social enterprise. So all of the celebrants who are out in the world holding wedding ceremonies in, you know, hotels and beautiful spaces where they're paid for that work, they then make a contribution back into the Entheos pot and that income is used to pay the celebrants who hold uh, end-of-life weddings in hospice and hospitals and baby and infant funerals free of charge. So there's no charge to the families, but the celebrant is paid. And that helps us to have a really expert, experienced team who are not burned out holding ceremonies for free. You know, they need to be paid for this work because it's really important, tender, precious, highly skilled work. And that was the piece that I saw missing in other organisations, that this work was always seen as the voluntary piece. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And I saw it as the burnout piece because I was doing so much of it and burning out. Um, So it's a way now that everybody gets served. The families get the ceremonies they need and the celebrants get... To pay their mortgage and fix their car. (laughs) If we
1: can get a mortgage. Don't get him going. Don't get him going. You actually don't want to get me going. But anyway, uh, that that is interesting because I think a lot of people when they think about celebrancy it is about like the beautiful venues and the gorgeous Mm -hmm. weddings and and all of that joy uh, that that sort of comes with, with that and they maybe aren't thinking about the diversities of ways that we need to, yeah, to, to have people come into life to, yeah, to, to yeah. celebrate and mark occasions. So what other work and what work have you really enjoyed doing? And Fergus, you're kind of newer to Very it. Very new, yeah. So you, I'm assuming, came with the possibly with the notion of the wedding ceremonies and it, that yeah. may have been expanded mm. now as you've kind of gotten yeah. more in, involved. Yeah, I think... I'm still, as I say,
4: very much at the start of my journey. Karen is a titan in the industry. (laughs) So that's kind of the dynamic on the podcast, which I think works really well. But my enjoyment is the wedding ceremonies at the moment. I'm loving getting to be part of people's days. I'm loving to get that connection with people. I crave connection with people and the fact that I get to do it as a job and sit down and be part of this really special moment. That's the magic for me at the moment with the kind of foreseeing the possibility of going into deeper work that is more important maybe to the world. But I feel like for me at the moment, I have to show up in this space yeah, and show up and do the funerals, which are incredibly, um, they're really changing. Like every time you do a funeral, you feel like you've just met a new person and mm-hmm. they stick with you. Um, and then the weddings, the couple stick with you. Now, I don't know, after you do many, 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 do they all stick with you? But at the moment, <laughs> I'm at that point where every couple feels like a friend. Yeah. Um. So, and I also get to work next to Karen, who, as I said, is like the titan of this industry. And she's kind of not making a gentle exit yeah. as I'm making a, a, an entrance into <laughs> this particular work and she's taking on the bigger, the bigger work.
3: Yes, So I, I'm going full time as director of the organisation yeah. now so I can move a little bit away from the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to add into that as well, that ceremony as activism is a big driving force between mm, what we do. Yeah. It's not about holding a ceremony getting paid, da da da. It's actually how can we be the change that we want to see in the world yeah. through these ceremonies through using inclusive language through challenging heteronormativity through opening up the ceremony space to people who maybe were underrepresented in that space? Yeah, because
1: that's, that's what I wanted to come on to I suppose the, the first time that I would have come in in touch with yourself, Karen was through the the Pride series of mm-hmm. reimagining ceremonies that came about last year when we spoke about the work which I was doing around death and dying within the, the, Irish, with the Irish Hospice Foundation and in LGBT Ireland and bringing that lens of kind of like how how can this this celebration of this moment or marking this moment in a person's life be made really fit their identity mm-hmm. with something that is just that I don't think many people have spoken about? Um, I think it's brilliant that you are bringing it into the fore. Can you tell us a bit about that? Died with pride, peace.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a big part of setting up Entheos was to diversify the celebrant space and the ceremony space. Um. So in that, it meant not just saying, oh, we hold inclusive ceremonies for everybody. It was actually about diversifying the the celebrants who are available to hold those ceremonies so that people from the LGBTQ plus community say would have LGBTQ plus celebrants to lead those ceremonies. Died of Pride came from Tony, who's my uncle, and Tony is a cabin crew member, has been flying all around the world and had witnessed funeral ceremonies of his friends from within the gay community who had died and were brought to church by their families Mm. because their families didn't know any other way to do it. And because the space didn't really exist in a in a very focused way for holding a ceremony outside those traditional faith paths and that traditional infra- infrastructure, so that's the aim of Dider Pride within Entheos, is to create a new infrastructure. It,
2: it's so interesting because it's only through your work, which I'm familiar with now, especially since I, I've become familiar with James, but it's through your work that I've I've come to realise that there actually is other options other yeah. than the church service. Now, it's, fortunately, I'm at the point in my life where I haven't had to think about that yet. But mm-hmm. actually, in hindsight, had I not known about this, I think I probably wouldn't have had any other op- option really, yeah. only yeah. to go to a church which wouldn't be my wish. No, absolutely. You know? It's absolutely. so interesting. Can you Tell us so about the podcast before we finish up. What's the format of the podcast? What can people expect from it?
4: The podcast is we explore reimagining ceremonies, so how ceremonies might look different to a more traditional ceremony. So we dive into that, which leads us into conversations around activism, about how we show up in the world, how we wish to show up in the world and how it's kind of structured is, I kind of take the position of maybe asking some of the questions that the listeners might ask while giving a, a little moment of an opinion here and there. <laughs> yeah, um, and course. then Karen kind of, because Karen is Entheus, like she set the whole thing up. She mm. is the person who created this. So I kind of encourage her to share as much of her views and her opinions and what she wants people to know about Entheus. Mm, um, but it can be anything, right? like activism, you know.
3: And we want I, I I want to be generous in it as well. I want this podcast to be for anybody who's going to hold a ceremony for themselves or anybody yeah. who's working as a celebrant. Yeah. Because the point is everybody deserves the best possible ceremony they can get. It doesn't matter who's holding it. Yeah. We're not looking to be territorial about Entheos. Everybody should be out there able to elevate their ceremony a little bit. And it's about the magic. What makes yeah. a ceremony magical? Yeah. And that's all about the emotion. Yeah. Tapping into the emotion, being real and being authentic and honouring what's really there not yeah. just what you want to see there.
1: Thank you. So we we these interviews are too short. We too sh- sh- short. We need the a late, last late show. last time I was in with you so I was stressed. Yeah. I was like oh my god they're yeah, just talking so fast. I
4: know.
2: I have but too much to I say. Know, <laughs> I know. I know. But so i are living for the find,
1: podcast. Where can people find the podcast to hear you in a, a little less of an intensely pressured situation? Yeah we talk
3: really slow on the podcast. You can watch it listen to us at any speed. So the website is entheos.ie E-N-T-H-E-O-S Instagram is the same Entheos.ie and the podcast is Reimagining Ceremonies, a podcast by Entheos, and you can get that wherever you get your pods, which is a phrase <laughs> I've learned. I've trained for well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: trained for You're well. media savvy, babe. Media <laughs> savvy. I'm sure that on your your Instagram page people can find out links to find and follow you yes There's as a link well. tree on there, yes. Yeah, no, that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for and Karen you. for coming thank you in so too. Delighted to chat luck. to you and look forward to having you back many times in the future. Uh, yeah, coming up you. after uh, a gorgeous song, um, we will be right back with reimagining. Feeling in the queers, but first, it's untouched by the Veronicas on curiosity. <laughs> uh, reassuring, isn't it? I know it's like so the comforting. warm embrace of your mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) You don't know my mother. (laughs) Um, so, have you any notion where we're going today? Well,
2: you just told me 2005. You know as, what I did? As the title was, as music was rolling, because I don't have a clue. Because <laughs> you know what? If I did know, I would be looking up hits, gay hits.
1: But this is why I couldn't tell you, because I was like, "Look, yeah, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out." Although, <laughs> for, for the song, for the so- for the sake of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an absolute pop, though, I did pick an easy one. So, okay, but like know.
2: that does that does nothing for my confidence. I'm not going to lie to <laughs> you. I, 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 but another um,
1: another Adam Rickett moment. I do
2: think when it's in living memory, there it's really interesting to hear about things because you're like, oh my. God was that when that happened yeah. But particularly when it's like 2005 when it's not too
1: close Yeah
2: Do you know what exactly. I mean
1: Because you forget that Next year 2005 is 20 years yeah, ago Yeah like Even though only, it feels I was only
2: four then Oh my God,
1: you? No, you weren't. <laughs> I'm only joking. Anyway, only joking. so I've broken this down into a couple of categories. And first, we're going to start off with some Irish stories. Okay, go for it. Irish bit. stories. Yeah. Most important, I picked especially for you, was Cork officially became the European Capital, capital of, culture. of Culture in 2005. <laughs> I, knew it. It I knew it. I knew it. it, I knew it. brought 100,000 people took to the streets of Cork to celebrate, to start Cork's 10 years as European Capital of Culture. President Mary McAleese was present at the lawn to launch a programme of events, uh, which included music, sport, dance, films, arts, and literature. Apparently, over a million people um, attended over the course of the year different yeah, events in Cork. It crazy. It was
2: actually crazy. I remember it well. It was mad. There was always something on. i had my uh, Opera House debut as workhouse child oh, number five wow. in Oliver Twist. Oh, here. And these oh, are going to have some more. And they have my picture up in the Opera House now ever since. <laughs> no, they don't.
1: These are going to have some play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: That was the day it became gay.
1: And to think about 100. Uh, Thousand people turning to taking to the streets of Cork, uh, to um, to, to celebrate uh, the capital of culture. 10,000 people took to the streets of Dublin to celebrate gay pride. in oh, wow. Cork, Which is, if you think about it, a quarter of a million people take part in Pride Festival in uh, in, in Dublin at this no. time, like that is such a fraction of it. The Irish Times quoted a leather clad man to say, We're doing more than painting the town red, we're painting it multicolored. I love so they that. were all having a great time, but it does show how much, like. It's Grown. Ten years before marriage equality, almost twenty years before uh before we arrived at where we were today. So it was um you know, it was it was a it was a yeah. very different time. God it's good to reflect I,
2: in things like that isn't I, it?
1: Yeah, so I remember now I would have been I was at that pride. I remember the I was not the leather clad man, but <laughs> Are I you was sure? at
4: pride. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I can't afford leather gear. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> buy it off Craigslist.
2: <laughs> Lincoln bio. We'll donate <laughs> you, babe.
4: Oh my god.
1: So in terms of like international LGBT news, it was all about same-sex marriage. So I would say I would categorize kind of the, the early to mid noughties as kind of being where that push really started with a vengeance. So in the US, um the Oregon announced that the court the county would begin granting licenses to same sex couples. So that was, and the, the Oregon Supreme Court ratified uh, almost 3,000 same-sex licenses to that couple. So it was one of the earliest states to adopt that same-sex cool. marriage. Also in UK, the Civil Partnership Act was passed. So that meant that in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, same-sex couples could um, could avail of a civil partnership to okay. have their marriage recognized. So this was very early on in that. And mm-hmm. actually it was kind of notable that that sort of Northern Ireland was in terms of the, the, the island of Ireland is the first place in which same-sex couples could be recognised but they really stood against full marriage equality for mm. a long time so they mm. actually despite being the first place in the country that you could get a civil partnership were the last place in the island that you could get Was there
2: anything like if there was a the same-sex couple down here who wanted to get a licence could they go to the north and get it at the time? Well, they probably, this was, the, they probably were this was a, in the UK, but not here. Yeah. So
1: this was a, this was a sort of a blurry um, area. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a blurry area. Um, in terms of uh, global news, kind of the biggest story of the year was probably Hurricane Katrina.
3: Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So
1: Hurricane Katrina struck Louisiana in Mississippi, um, and it flooded roughly eighty percent of the city of New Orleans, and around sixteen hundred people perished. That was in Oct- in August of two thousand and five, yeah. and prompted Kanye West to have one of his first sort of big off script, outspoken moments when he declared during a uh, uh, Katrina re- a relief benefit, George Bush doesn't care about black people, uh, oh. which is, I suppose, sort of would start Kanye West on a road of pronouncements. Yeah, uh, that were maybe sort of you know not quite well thought through, uh, and also a big big news for trolls. Um, YouTube and Reddit boat launched, and the contentification of the uh, the internet began. Which, oh God, which I think
2: crazy. is mad. To think Something about. like
1: YouTube, you think has always been there, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, crazy. So So uh, we are going to have a quick look through some of the celeb stories now. Love it. Now, first, it open, he was in, in the news this this week, and we do send our our, our thoughts and prayers. But two thousand and five, Prince of Wales and Camilla Parker Bowles got married on April 9th followed by uh, a Church of England service of prayer and dedication at St. George's Chapel. In 2005,
2: and, uh, in 2005.
1: And any of us that would have recently watched The Crown will have been familiar with this yeah. and all of the, the sort of intricacies that went on behind the... Uh, yeah, things. Uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston divorced, so Bra- so Bennifer became Brangelina, quite literally. Oh my God, yeah. Um, which was, uh, I think, one of the, the probably the biggest and most long-lasting of those sort of tabloid yeah. relationship obsessions. Yeah. Like, literally, yeah. you it's still, like,
2: it still is there. It's yeah. still
1: prevalent-like. No, it, ab- it absolutely is. Uh, in terms of like those moments that are etched into pop culture forever 2005 was the year that Tom Cruise went on Oprah and jumped up and oh down on the couch God. to say to everyone how much he loved <laughs> Katie Holmes meanwhile her backstage planning her escape <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was the start of people realising Dom Cruise is actually cracked.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So in terms of music, we're going to go quickly through music. And so Maroon 5 won Best New Act at the Grammys. Uh, Toxic by Britney Spears won Best Dance and American Idiot by Green Day won Best Rock. And in in music news, in 2005, Kylie Minogue had to cancel her Showgirl World Tour because she was diagnosed with breast cancer and underwent a lumpectomy and chemotherapy was declared free in 2006 and has been cited as having an enormously positive impact on the amount of women who were going for breast checkups, I and would screenings. imagine so.
2: I would imagine so because it was probably not really talked about until that. I and mean, when you see something, you know what I mean, in the mainstream media,
1: yes, no, you know what I mean it absolutely, kind of, absolutely. It, and I think that it is kind of there was a there was a, a, a woman spoke to to a newspaper last year about how kind of it was only seeing Kylie's diagnosis that brought her to get checked, yeah. and it turned out that she was. Uh, and lastly, we'll go to movies before we get on to guessing the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest queer movie of the year potentially of the last 20 years was the release of Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain in December 2005 oh a my god! beautiful epic western Brokeback Mountain's love story is imbued with heartbreaking universality helped by moving performances by Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal Love it Now it was not without its controversy and in January of 2006 sort of on release of it a Utah uh, theatre group owner uh, said that they were going to be removing it from their theatre because of it was dangerous and focused on threatening the, the traditional family okay. matter. Uh, so the so focus features who were distributing the movie basically were like, well, nice for you, but we're not going to yeah. do business with you anymore. But anyway, look, that is all we have time for. That we're going to get into our guest a song. OK, um, I'm so nervous. Now, OK, we have we have two minutes. I'm getting indicated two minutes to get through okay. this. So, OK, go on. go on for it. <clears throat> Clue number one. It is one of the biggest dance songs of the 21st century earning a place in 2007's Guinness Book of World Records as the song topping the charts in most countries
2: Okay Clue two? No yeah go okay, clue two.
1: It is the first single of the artist's 10th studio album It was the artist's 36th top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 tying them with Elvis as the artist with the most top 10 entries Madonna Is it hung up? Yes It is!
2: <laughs> What <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> Yes, that was well, look, class. I will go. I will go through. I will go through my last. Oh verses. my god! Lyrically, like... lyrically, while initially it comes oh. off as a lovelorn plea, it subtly involves into an anthem of empowerment. And the song sequels. The song features a sample taken from a song of a group who were notoriously picky about who they allowed to lose their music. <laughs> of course, ABBA featuring Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. So it is an absolute. It's bop. B- I've never felt more
2: gay in my life, <laughs> and I'm so happy. I feel like I've just been initiated into the gang finally. <laughs>
1: Oh my god. Okay, look, we have to wrap up now and say goodbye for the week. Um where can people music. what where can people go and find you before they hear hung up? Where can people go and find you? As
2: always, you can head over to my own Instagram. It's podric underscore WMC.
1: And I'm James O underscore Hagen. Uh, if you want to come over and have a chat to us, or you can come and check us out on our dedicated Curiosity Radio um Instagram page on at Curiosity Radio. Or also
2: you can reach out to us by email. It's Curiosity at Dublin City FM
1: and remember if you or anyone you know needs support the National LGBT Helpline is here to listen in confidence and without judgement seven days a week on 1800 929 539 but for now playing aside out in Curiosity for the week it is of course hung up by the so one and only Madonna
2: so